Why should you follow your road? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. What is up? What is up? What is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of Golden Shovel Learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that, my friends, is infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur, or perhaps you're one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, and just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. That's why I'm here bringing you these guests on what I believe, or those who I believe will help deliver the value to this podcast to bring you those benefits, get you that value that you may be missing. And I know you don't want to miss a single episode of this uh, podcast, the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. So what you need to do is go on down there and hit that subscribe button. And as long as you're down there, you may as well give us a five-star rating and drop us some kind words in the reviews. It is those subscribes, ratings, and reviews that tell all those podcast platforms out there that you are getting that value so they'll give us a little lift up in the uh, in the rankings so that we can reach more driven entrepreneurs just like you so please take a moment show the love and help spread the word i appreciate you now today we have none other than the gal with the golden shovel herself carmen vitrucci right (laughs) Oh man, I hope I didn't tear that up. She's going to be talking about RV adventures, why you should follow your road, how she took COVID and flipped it on its ear, and she's going to be sharing some great golden shovel business tips. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next week's interview guest, who's a former Marine that started his own podcast right here in the Badger State not too long ago because he had just had enough. As per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal, business, and marketing, G-O-L-D, spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's hit to the starting gates and go. All right, my Dark Horse friends and family, today's guest is, and I didn't ask the pronunciation of this name, so I'm going to guess, and she's going to nod or shake her head at me, Carmen Vetrucci. Close enough. Oh, she's shaking her head at me. Let's pause. What do you got? How do you, how do you say that last name, Carmen? It's Carmen Ventrucci. Ventrucci. It, it, it's Uchi like Gucci. I always tell people the Uchi is the best part. The Uchi. She puts the Uchi in Ventrucci. Is that right? Is that yes. Pretty? Okay. All right. Now, let's get back to the intro here. Thank you, Carmen. <laughs> now, according to Carmen, there are really two reasons to start a business. And I, and I vibe with this. To help those you serve and to provide value so that you can go do whatever you want. I, I, I totally dig that. Karma mm-hmm. not only gets, to, gets this, but she embodies this philosophy in her actions, her life, 
and her business. Carmen is best known as the girl with the golden shovel. And when you see the clips from this, you'll see the golden shovel poised right behind her there. Um, now, now, this is due to her ability to help business owners uncover money and opportunity that's already there in their business while simultaneously providing that value to her clients. Now, as the founder of True SISU Life, and she'll correct me if that should be said mm -hmm. some way, uh, which is a business consulting company, she knows business and understands how to apply her knowledge to maximize service and financial impact. Now, while Carmen is a Minnesota native, we were just chatting about that, she loves to explore. Her husband, her hilarious chocolate lab, and six kids were, they just got back, uh, uh, I think it was last month, uh, from living in an RV, traveling across the U.S. And as the creator of the Ruby Road, which I believe is the uh, the chronicles of some of her adventures, and she'll correct me on that, she knows how to have fun, embrace life, and seize opportunities while working, living, and road schooling her children all at the same time. Carmen, what an adventurer you are. Welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. Hey, Tracy. So happy to be here. Thank you. I know we have chatted a few times in a uh, in a mastermind you and I are both a part of, and mm -hmm. I've seen you uh, coming at us live from uh, from the RV inside of it or outside of it uh, a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we go there, I'm going to shut my babbling mouth because I, I want you to tell your story, the good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing, uh, all the things that led you to where you are today and why you love doing what you do so much. Awesome. So my name is Carmen Ventrucci. As Tracy said, I am a Minnesota native, native born and bred. I love it here. And even though I love it here, I've always had a little bit of a sense of adventure. And so growing up, uh, I was like a kid from the suburbs, you know, not, not rich, not poor, had a pretty decent life, went off to college, became an engineer, did a bunch of work, went back, got an MBA, did a bunch more work. And as I started kind of, you know, popping out the kids, for lack of a better term, I, I started feeling bored and less and less fulfilled doing what I was doing. Like, I love to work. I love providing value. I love my husband. I love my kids. I was just realizing that I was not in the right spot. And so one of my taglines is follow your road. I realized that I had to start following my road and doing what I wanted. So I, about a little over two years ago, actually quit my, quit my corporate job. Um, I was the breadwinner. We have a lot of mouths to feed. So it was a little scary and it was still one of the best decisions I've ever made. I started my own business. I figured out a way to take my skills I had in the corporate world and apply them to a small business setting. So what I do is I help small businesses basically find more revenue in their business. That's why I'm called the girl with the golden shovel. I actually, I know you can't see it right now. I have a giant golden shovel sitting behind me. And it's great because I figured out what I was good at, what I love to do and how I like to help people so that they can go follow their road too. And now, Tracy, you mentioned that my family, we've been home for a month now, yet we've spent the, the previous nine months touring the USA, essentially. About a year ago, with quarantine and everything going on, my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to homeschool six kids again. They're going to be like in school and then out of school and then in school and out of school. And we don't want to do that. Hey, we've always said we should take an RV trip. Why not do it now? Sports mm -hmm. are canceled. They're going to, the teachers are going to be teaching from a distance. Let's just make it an actual distance. <laughs> right. And so, with, 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 you know, as from the, the day we made the decision, 
which was pretty much like, hey, should we do it? Should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Go. Um, it only took us six weeks to rent out our house, buy an RV, buy a big car to tow all of us and the RV safely, uh, buy all the stuff that has to go in the RV and start planning our trip. And we took off. Nice. And so we we visited 32 states. We put on 17,000 miles on the beast. The beast is our car that towed the RV, our tow vehicle. We named it the beast because it has to be a beast. And we had so much fun. I would do it again in a heartbeat. And so we had a lot of people telling us when we were like, hey, this, this is our plan. This is our trip. Like they were either like, oh my gosh, go for it. I wish I were you or like, you are crazy. Mm-hmm. And there was like no in between. And so we were telling, you know, the, the people who think we're crazy, we're telling like, well, how are you going to work? All of my work is virtually with my clients anyways. Right. Okay. Well, how are the kids going to learn? They have iPads. Their <laughs> teachers are set up this year to teach them iPads. Okay. Well, what about your house? We've been real estate investors for almost 20 years. Renting the house was the easiest part of this. Um, and so it was really interesting to see people's reactions. And it, it was really, part of it was kind of, I'll use the word sad, mm-hmm. because it just shows you how people are programmed to think like they want this thing and they can't just, I mean, they're looking for all these excuses for us for not, not to make it happen. I mean, if they're looking for all those excuses for us not to do it, imagine all the excuses they're making up in their own lives yeah. so that they don't go do, you know, they don't go follow their road and do what they want to do. And so we had a blast. If you go to the rubyroad.com, we created a YouTube channel uh, documenting and the chronicles of our trip. The kids are really the star. They are they are natural salespeople. They are great <laughs> on camera. Go ahead and let your kids watch it. It is kids friendly on YouTube. I totally get that. And we're already talking about when can we do this again? Where are we nice. going to go next? Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, what a blast! I, I want to dig in for a brief moment, and mm-hmm. we can we can go in either spot here. And one of the things uh, that popped up in my head is: Do you think it's the result of social norms, and it, it could apply into either area. Either like you were talking about, you you were you were sharing your excitement. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go on this amazing trip. We're gonna take the RV and go see the United States. And like you were saying, there you got half there were saying, "Oh, go for it! How cool is that?" And the other like, "You're crazy." <laughs> and that same question almost poses back to when you were talking about, you know, uh, you're a kid from the suburbs. You had a decent life. You went to college did some work, got your MBA, did some more work, started, you know, you know, <laughs> doing the kid thing, doing the mom thing. Do either of those think you, were the result of just the, the social norms that are out there? Hey, it's your job as a female to do this and do that, or it's your job as a parent to do this <laughs> or do that. Um, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Social norms influence our decisions every day. Whether we decide to go with them or we decide to go against them, it's still our decision on how we react to them. And so for me, I was always taught as a kid, you go to college, you get a job. You go to college, you work hard, you get a job and everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. And when that didn't turn out so well for me or not the way I envisioned it, I was just kind of like, dude, you said everything was going to be okay. Like. Right. Where, where, where is all this stuff that I was thinking it was going to happen? And so it, it's, you know, it's just a result of you, you, you were just doing what you were told. And there's nothing wrong with going to college and getting a job and working hard. Okay. I want to make that very clear. Right. It served a lot of people very well. And it served me very well for a very long time. But the point is at one point you have to stop and ask yourself, is this what I really want? 
And if the answer is no, then guess what? You have the opportunity to figure your way on how to do something that you want and how to change it or how to make it what you want or how to change it. So it's what you want or how to do something completely different. And uh, like for the kids, for example, I have six children. That's a lot. Right. If you would have asked me in high school or if you would have told me in high school that I was going to have six children, I would have used some very creative language to tell you uh-uh, <laughs> not happening. Right? right. But that's how I mean, that's that's the path that life had for me. So six kids later, here we are. And it just happened. It, my joke is two were planned, two were not and two just showed up. And so, <laughs> I mean, which is really what happened. So but you know what? We embrace it. We work with it. We, 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 we play the hand that's dealt to us. Mm-hmm. We were dealt six children and we love it. Did I envision it when I was 15 years old? Heck no, <laughs> not, no, not at all. And yet here we are. Well, and it, it, that's the cool thing. I mean, you're mm-hmm. saying it every time, every time you're saying six children, you don't say it with a sad face. You no. don't say it like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I got six children. You're saying it with joy, right? And you're, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you were, you were espousing their, uh, them being the stars of the rubyroad.com. Mm-hmm. So obviously you enjoyed that fact, even though you didn't expect it. I think, mm-hmm. you know, so many people, they go, with the norms, whatever the norm is mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they end up potentially like you, you were that cubicle life, that mm-hmm. office mm-hmm. life, you know, and there something in, is on their shoulder going, this really isn't for you. This really isn't for you. This really isn't for you, but they don't listen to it. You obviously mm-hmm. listen to it and mm-hmm. now are leading a, a different life, doing some of the amazing things you're doing for the small businesses out there, which mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's talk about the golden shovel. You talk about, Hey, yes. I, one of the things I found out I was good at was being able to find more revenue for small businesses. Mm-hmm. So if someone's out there listening and they're like, mm-hmm. man, how can I find more revenue for my business? What's what's some of the easy, like top of the surface things that uh, tend to be the, uh, the low hanging fruit? <laughs> oh my gosh. I could talk about this all day, Tracy. Yeah, that's, that's, okay. that's why you're so, here. <laughs> um, um, this is why I'm here. So there, there's always potential for more revenue, right? Also, so if you want to affect your bottom line, you can go from the top and sell more stuff or you can cut costs and save more money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, I, I like to take a two pronged approach. They both go hand in hand. Um, if you do one or the other and not the other, you're setting yourself up. You're, you're, you're leaving money on the table, essentially. Yeah. So number one is go after top line and go after bottom line. Okay. Um, number two, and this is something that is surprising, yet I want every single business owner who or entrepreneur who is listening to this to think about it. What is your market dominating position? What makes you different from all the other people doing the exact same thing you are? Because if you can't articulate that well, Mm. your customers can't articulate that well. And when your customers can't articulate that well, they're open to go somewhere else to get the exact same good or service that you provide. Mm. And so it's very, 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 it's it's like marketing 101 essentially is know why, what, what makes you, you, as far as you and your business so that you can, you can harness that uniqueness in all your marketing messages. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. 
Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Now, when you say market dominating position, it's kind of like your, mm-hmm. uh, everyone uses the the uh, the acronym the USP, my unique yes. selling proposition. Is that yes. big? big? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I, I totally mm-hmm. get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, same sense. thing, same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I I, ro- I really like the the two prong approach, and I spent mm-hmm. my time in corporate America as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so often they're they're focused on you know one side or the other, mm-hmm. um, but when you're smaller and, and more nimble going at it simultaneously is a little easier mm-hmm. and has a huger impact would that would that be would that be correct yes ab- absolutely i mean when you're when you're more nimble like you say you're when you pull a lever to make a change mm-hmm. you can usually see the change quicker yeah. and get the feedback on did this was this the right lever to pull or not sometimes it's right sometimes it's wrong this is true. And therein lies the, the phrase I tend to use. It's not failure, it's feedback. You pull exactly. the lever and if you don't get the results mm-hmm. you expected, good or bad, uh, it's mm-hmm. not failure, it's feedback. Now, you know, either oh, I'm going to put that lever back in a position it was in, or let me yank on that sucker even harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So follow your roads. All right. Mm-hmm. I really like that. That might end up being the title of this. uh, Hashtag follow your road. Hashtag follow your road. Now that's my hashtag. (laughs) That's your hashtag. So when, when you say that, what, what does that mean to you? That means if, okay. So if I'm having a conversation with somebody and I say, what would it look like for you to follow your road? They would look at me and say, I want to do this, or I want to be this, or I want to experience this. Mm -hmm. So following your road to me means that you are carving your path in life and you are following the path that you want to be on. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get married and pop out six kids, awesome. I want you to go do that. If you want to be a CEO of a fortune 500 company, awesome. I want you to go do that. You're now listening to the dark horse entrepreneur podcast. As long as what you choose is, you know, legal, ethical, and moral. Right. Go do that. And I want you to, I want you to go get what you want, because this is like, this is kind of a pet peeve of mine. I see so many people just taking what's given to them and not trying to make it better and not working to make it better and saying, Hey, this might be a crummy circumstance. And I can still see this as an opportunity to grow and still get to where I want to be. Because mm-hmm. you see so many people in, in, you know, social media is very exposing. Social media is very telling on what's really going on in people's minds. You see so many people just like, oh, well, oh, this kind of sucks, but I'm going to do it anyways. And it's just like, no, just do it. If you have to do it for a while, that's fine. Then figure a way to get out of it. I want people to be creative. It's your right. life. Be creative with, with your life. And I'm not saying like sit there and sculpt with clay. That's not the kind of creativity I'm, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being artsy fartsy. I'm talking about get a vision, be creative with your vision, and then go make it happen. There it is. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm fumbling on the way I want to articulate this question. Okay. When you're, when you ask someone that question, like, where mm-hmm. do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Like when you, how do you want to follow mm-hmm. your road? Do you think they've never really considered that or mm-hmm. they're afraid to what, what, what might be some of the more popular barriers in your experience you've seen with folks mm-hmm. not following uh, the road? You know, it's a little bit of both. And so, so it's, it really depends on who you are, Tracy. So mm-hmm. some people just never gave themselves permission to dream big. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and figure out, hey, I want to go on a nine month RV trip. Let's figure out how to make it happen. They would just be like, oh, no, I can't do that for whatever reason. Right. Um, some people are afraid. Fear is real. And it's an emotion that we all share as humans. Um, going, My take on fear, and you already mentioned this, fear is feedback. Mm-hmm. And so if I, like, I remember when I wrote my first book and it wasn't just my book, it was one chapter and a book of like 10 other authors. And so there's 10 authors each writing a chapter to make a book. And I I was freaking out. It's not even a whole book about me Hmm. or uh, from me. It's one chapter in a book. And I'm like, oh my God, 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 oh my God. People are going to read this. What if it's not good? What if they hate it? What if they love it? Oh my gosh. And just the amount of fear I had about writing one chapter for a book was absolutely disproportionate to like that, the actual situation. Right. And what I, what I realized is that I stopped and said, Hey, I have a little fear around this. That means this is really important to me. That means this is something I really want to do and do well at. Okay. Because I want to do well at this. How do I do well at this? And, you know, for me, it was just like making sure I had draft one done by this date. You know, I put an action plan behind it essentially to make sure I right. wrote something that was good. And I had a couple of people review it who I trusted and gave me input. And you know what? It ended up being really good. And so now I've done like five or six of these books and it's just like no problem. I just had to get over that initial fear of doing it the first time. Nice. And so for me, yes, people experience fear every day. I think it's it's feedback. Yeah. Fear is feedback. Failure is feedback. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that really rung with me is uh, what you said about uh, that fear being disproportionate to the actual Mm -hmm. event or the task or whatever it is, the dream, right? Um, It's the fear is there. Yeah, I get it. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we uh, blow up that fear like a balloon so that it blocks out our dream. Mm-hmm. Be, and mm-hmm. it, I think it kind of comes back to that social pressure um, where mm-hmm. we're like, I, I'm going to make the excuses to myself. You know, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too poor. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm too stupid. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I think it's, it, we make it disproportionate so that we don't have to step into the fear. Uh, I think for mm-hmm. me, one of the big things I like to say about fear is you really don't have to be courageous for a long time. You usually have to muster up about three seconds of courage. That's it. Mm-hmm. About three, maybe five. Because once you're brave for that first three seconds, it's like, oh, you really see how disproportionate that fear is. And like you were saying, you built that plan. That was, for me, I think that's kind of you stepping into that fear. Okay, here's how I can do this. Bing, bang, bing, bang, boom. And then it's just started to roll. Maybe not that mm-hmm. easy, but certainly. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I really like how you just said, now I know how I can do this. Sometimes harnessing that fear or getting over that fear is, yes, being brave for those three to five seconds mm-hmm. because it builds confidence and it's it make it allows you the time to take a breath and, and ask instead of, should I do this or can I do this? It's how do I do this? Yeah. How do I do this? Yeah, that, that, that exactly right. That three to five seconds mm-hmm. can certainly change the questions you're asking in your head, which are mm-hmm. very important. Uh, I, I want to go in. I, I got to pause here for a minute. I got to deep into this. Uh, the six kids uh, mm-hmm. I have, well, a total of four, one passed away mm-hmm. early on, but mm-hmm. I never had that many at the same time. I only had two at any given time. Um, mm-hmm. And we got one left. It's heading off to college this fall. Very super excited. And all different experiences, right? Mm-hmm. How, do you find 
in the raising your six kids that you're getting ideas about yourself or even business ideas. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so we have, so as you can imagine with six kids, there is a variety of personalities. There's a variety of learning styles. We have a variety. We have girls, we have boys. So there's all sorts of variety. It does reflect. I, how do I say this? I have found myself stopped cold a few times because how I treat the kids or react to the kids doing something mm-hmm. has been a reflection of maybe work I need to do on myself. Mm-hmm. So there's been some times where it's like, I'm really proud of how I handled that situation as a parent. Mm-hmm. I did a good job parenting and you give yourself the pat on the back. And there's been other times like, well, that's a trip to therapy for them later in life um, <laughs> where you're just like, you know what, if I could get a little uh, white out and just white out that reaction I had or that response I had, I would like to do that. And uh, being very open and admitting that has helped me as a parent because you, you know, you're going to make mistakes as a parent. Right. And it's, it's just, we, that's how we learn. It's, it's feedback. Yes. Just like we've been yes. talking about. Yep. And, but the, the biggest thing I've learned being a parent is that I need to apologize to my children when my behavior warrants an apology. Mm. Like, for example, there was one time my daughter, Sophia, I forgot what I did. I think I didn't call her friends to set up a play date. Like I promised I would, and I promised I would, and I didn't do it. And she was getting all teary eyed. I think she was about seven at the time. And I said, Sophia, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I will make it up to you tomorrow and call her. And the look on her face went from like pure angst to like relief that Mm. mommy said she was sorry and acknowledged she made a mistake. And then she gave me the biggest hug ever. And so, yes, I have learned a ton about myself as a parent and uh, yeah, business ideas. There's plenty of them. I'm waiting for somebody to invent Uber for kids. If we can like, so I don't have to drive my kids around all day. Um, so I can just like know that they're safe and track where the car is. And if someone could invent Uber for kids, that would be great. If they can deliver meals, they can deliver my children's places is kind of my, my joke, but it's really fun to instill business sense into my kids too, because yeah. for this week they had lemonade stands for two days in a row out in the front lawn. They made about $50 or so which is really good. I mean, people were just coming out of the woodwork, buying lemonade from them Mm -hmm. and tipping well. And so I'm like, okay, this is a great business opportunity. What's your revenue? Huh? Right. So your revenue is another word for how much money did people pay you? Like, okay, what was your cost? Huh? Okay. So how much did you spend on the lemonade and the paper cups? You know, and then, okay, now what's your profit? Huh? Okay. So if you take your revenue and subtract your cost, that's your profit. That's the money you get to keep. That's an important number. And they're like, oh, and then I caught him 30 minutes later, like having this big math worksheet filled out with all their numbers <laughs> and they just ran with it. That's and awesome. so, it, yeah, it, it's really fun to, inst- I, I love business. I'm a business nerd. I could talk about business all day. Oh, so go. it's really fun to <laughs> install a sense of business into them because although my parents did with me, it was much later in life. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember, I said earlier, when I was younger, it was go to college, get a job, go to college, get a job. Not until I was in college did I start to hear, hey, you should buy some real estate as investments. You should start researching the stock market. And and at that time, you know, I'm in college, like I'm in college, I'm going to be an engineer because engineering was really cool at the time. And (laughs) and, no, I'm going to go run companies and be an engineer. Why do I need stock and real estate? And now now it's like, oh, now I get it. But um, so it's been a lot of fun to, to, you know, and there. Like I said, they're such natural salespeople. My my daughter Sophia has been on stage selling before at school. 
Nice. Like those dads nice. whipped those wallets out so fast. It was amazing to watch. I mean, she's a closer. She is a closer. That is awesome. I think mm-hmm. one of the one of the cool things you said in there is uh, in the story about the apology to your daughter. Mm-hmm. What a mm-hmm. life lesson that it is for her as well. Mm-hmm. For me, I was just, just sitting there thinking that she was thinking, oh, it's okay to apologize. It's not yes. a problem, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I think so often the and, and and you know you've got more of them than I do, right? The kids model the behavior that we as parents, you know, portray. And if we mm-hmm. portray, oh, I'm to this or to that to mm-hmm. to offer an apology, and then you wonder why while they're not apologizing to their friends, well, yeah. maybe you need to look in a mirror, you know. Uh, luckily, it seems like your 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 parenting mm-hmm. skills and your uh, your coupling with your uh, obviously with your husband is mm-hmm. working and, and, and uber for kids what a cool idea right yeah. maybe we need to reach on to elon musk they've got those uh, driverless cars right yeah. there you go maybe there, there's an idea that can be combined right there mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uber for kids just track them make sure they get there and yeah that's right all right Okay. So I want to be mindful of your time. I really appreciate you coming on and hanging out. You've been mm-hmm. dropping some bombs here. So Given we're talking to the dark horses out there, mm-hmm. they're trying to start, restart, kickstart their business. What will be your number one tip for our burgeoning entrepreneurs? Oh, for the burgeoning entrepreneurs. Um, launch. So this is a saying I picked up from one of my mentors that I really appreciate. Launch crap and then launch crap version 2.0. <laughs> and so perfection is the mother of all procrastination. And I see a lot of people get stuck because they want something to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I would rather have you take messy action, pilot it, test it, sell it, see how it goes, and then modify and then pilot, test, and sell version Mm 2.0. And so I I always say action over, over, over waiting. You know, there's no such thing as perfection. So I know that's a fear or a challenge a lot of people have. Get over it. My other thing is to find a mentor or find, seek counsel from somebody else who has done it. Because a lot of the world's problems and in particular businesses challenges that you might encounter have been figured out by someone else. And so build your network. So you can easily do this via social media, or now that things are opening up more, go to a networking event and just meet people, right? Right. Meet people, build your network. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know who you need. And ask to seek counsel. What that looks like is being very specific with your questions. So Tracy, let's say I wanted to have a meeting with you to learn how to be an awesome podcast host. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, hey, Tracy, I just want to pick your brain about podcasting. I would say, Tracy, I have some very specific questions on how you form your questions for your guests on podcasts. Can I have 15 minutes of your time? Mm. Right. Because then you, so be specific with your asks and go ask people for help. Seek counsel. Don't look for advice. Advice is all those other people who are telling me not to go on this RV trip. Yes. Seek counsel. Seek counsel. They might not tell you whether or not you should do it. They'll tell you how to do it and do it well. Yeah. So I, I like how you clarified that. Seek counsel from those who have already done it. Yes. Right? Maybe they've launched crap 3.0 and they're on 4.0. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Maybe they're on version 10. And Perfect. yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're now flushing crap. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes. All right. Well, I definitely appreciate you. Now, if anyone wants to check out Carmen and all of her goodness, where do we want to send them to? 
You want to go to my website. It is www.truesisulife.com. So that's T-R-U-E-S-I-S-U-L-I-F-E. Tracy, can I explain what Sisu means? This is kind of a fun concept. Please do. Okay. So um, even though my name is Carmen Ventrucci and it sounds very Italian, I'm actually Finnish on my mom's side of the family. And Sisu is a Finnish word. There's no direct translation into English. It pretty much means grit, determination, and tenacity, no matter the obstacle, no matter the odds. Mm. And so this is always a word I grew up hearing, especially around my grandpa, who has you know passed away almost 21 years ago now. Um, he could speak Finnish to the day he, he passed away. But my, it's not about being Finnish, right? You can be whatever nationality or ethnicity you are. And you have Sisu. It's about the human spirit of determination and overcoming what life's journey has in store for you. And this is why the word Sisu works so well with my my hashtag, follow your road, because you need a little bit of Sisu to get through life. And so that's why it's, it's... that's why it's part of my company name. It's just such an awesome concept. I just love the concept. I had to put it as part of my brand. I love it. I'm glad you took the time to explain that. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Sisu. All right. And my grandfather was German. That came over here from Germany and was speaking German to the day he passed away. Oh, gosh, mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. All right. So we've got the, the truesisulife.com. We got the mm-hmm. rubyroad.com mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier. Uh, I'm going to make sure that the, those uh, those links are done in the show notes. And we'll link them straight over to the YouTube channel in there. So if they awesome. want to check out the kids and, and check everything out. Uh, Carmen, definitely appreciate you coming on and hanging out Thank you, Tracy. This was a fun conversation. (laughs) All right, my Dark Horse friends and family. There you have it. Carmen Vitrucci dropping loads of golden shovel nuggets on us. What thoughts resonated with you? Whatever they were, you want to take some time today and write them down. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me share with you a couple of thoughts that kind of clicked with me. Thought number one. Follow your road right out of the gate. Carmen reminds us and tells her the story, uh, tells us the story of her following her road. She was not getting the fulfillment she once did and, you know, and continued to, to, to not get from her line of work, right? She liked working. She enjoyed the work, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the same. It wasn't fulfilling. So she began to follow her road to find that fulfillment. Now, this is an important lesson that a number of guests have shared either directly or indirectly a number of times. Follow your road is another way to say, find your purpose. Why the hell are you here? What's your calling? See, it's kind of that who you are and why you are here road. That road that you quite, quite probably will lead you unlike any other road directly to your most fulfilling adventures. And here's the thing, even if you don't complete the fulfillment of your ultimate dream, that da 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 da, that Vista Vision you hear me talk about as you're going along your road, just being on the road, right? And doing what you are here to do, what you were meant to do, will provide you with more fulfillment than anything else. Now, 
there's always some people that neglect to tell you about finding your road or your calling. And I want to address that. There's some things you need to know, right? So in episode 267, things that nobody tells you about finding your calling or following your road. I'm going to share that with you then. Thought number two. You can take COVID and you can flip it on its ear, right? That's been craziness, right? Let's just be honest, right? Now, Carmen and her hubby took advantage of the COVID mishaps and they went on an adventure. Yeah, they had always wanted to travel. So right after their remote schooling began, they decided to make that remote really remote. Like she said, she was going to take that distance learning and make some real distance out of it. They went and they rented their house. They bought an RV and a car. And they were off on their adventure. Now, how many times have you said, I wish, or if only I could? Well, you can. I, I think Carmen just helps prove that, right? She packed up six kids and the dogs and the husband and took her business with her, right? You can take a failure, in this case, like COVID, and turn it into an adventure, now, there's a few things you're going to need to know before turning that failure into an adventure or before turning that failure into a success. And I want to share some of those things with you in episode 268, Ways to Turn Failure into an Adventure in Success. Thought number three, top line and bottom line. Sounds so simple, right? But how many times do we forget this? Karma reminded us that we needed to go after our top line as well as our bottom line. You see, if, if you focus on one versus the other, you are really, truly leaving money on the table and risking increasing some losses. This is another thing. And she didn't say it specifically, but I've seen it happen, right? So go after your top line by increasing your sales and revenue, duh, right? And also fine tune your bottom line, adjust your pricing, hone and cut your expenses, including those interest expenses, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget those, you're paying them. It's an expense. And I think another great thing I'm going to add in here is learn to fail quickly. Right, so that you can cut the costs of longer term learning. If you can figure out whether something's going to work in two months, then don't test it for a year. That's an extra cost you don't need. If you get enough data, you know, and uh, when I say enough data, the analysis says if you get a hundred good solid points of data, you've got enough. And certainly you could do that in a reasonable amount of time. It doesn't need to be a year long. So work smart, right? Heck. Get a mentor. How many times have you heard me say that, right? Uh, get you a mentor that has gone the places that you are looking to go, right? Almost had a Star Trek moment to go where no man has gone before. But clearly the mentor should have gone there. Otherwise, you're both leaving. That's blindly. Anyway, we're moving on. Thought number four, the market dominating position. Carmen asks us to know what our market dominating position is. If we're a business owner, we should be able to Communicate that to our prospects and our clients, right? That here's the thing. If we can't communicate it to ourselves or worse yet to our team, if we don't know it within our, if we're not living it as well as knowing it, then how can we expect them, them being those prospects and clients out there to know who we are and what problem we solve in the first damn place? 
You see, knowing your market dominating position, that extra something that you bring to the table, or maybe your team, right? That makes you a, a bit different, a bit better, and a bit unlike the rest. You got to know that. You got to master it, right? See, and when you do, ha, that's how you know your prospect when they're looking for your solution to their problem. That's how I know that you're going to stand up and stand out by knowing that and sharing it. All right. What cool ideas or inspiring tips uh, resonated with you today? Hmm? Whatever they were, take some time as soon as possible. Right now is a great time, right? And write it down. Then put them into action. Get out there. Run your race. Get your results. Then Come let me hear about them. I'm serious. No joke here. Email me, Tracy at DarkHorseSchooling.com. Tell me the tips or ideas that you came away with, how you put them into action, and what results you got from them. Heck, probably even bring you on the show and let you share your story. If nothing else, get your permission to share it for you if you're not wanting to come on. All right. Here's a good one. You're not going to miss this one. And our next interview episode guest, it's going to be... Justin Schmidtka. Now, Justin's a former Marine. He's a podcast host. Um, and he's currently running for Secretary of State here in Wisconsin because he is passionate about bringing the power back to the people. You're going to want to check this out. He's got some great thoughts. Get involved. Remember you tell me, you remember you've heard me tell you a number of times, get out there and get involved. That's how you do it. This is a perfect story of that. Come and give it a listen. Now, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips as well as the inspirational stories uh, from this podcast and the guests I'm lucky enough to bring on. So please, like I mentioned earlier, go on down there, hit that subscribe button. While you're there, may as well go ahead and leave us a five-star rating. Drop us some kind words in the reviews. Make some suggestions. Ask some questions. I read every single one of those reviews. And of course, do not keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Share this podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know will get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.